Hi there and welcome to Doxadeo Bloemfontein North. Thank you for joining us and we hope you enjoy the message. Can you believe it? It's actually the end of 2022. We don't have to wear masks anymore. Can you believe that? And for a lot of us, that means you have to brush your teeth again. <laughs> so there was a lot of things we celebrated in 2022, a lot of bad things as well. But we are going to end off our Travel Light series this morning. And what a way to start a year already by finishing something. <laughs> so you already can tick something off your list, okay? You can tick, it's done. You, we, are, we are finishing with our Travel Light series. And what we are trying to get across in this series, and the point we were trying to make throughout this whole series was that sometimes we need to let go of our baggage. We need to let go of the things that that drag, that we need to let go of this, people. We need to let go of filling up our lives with things that take our time, that take our precious time away, that take, that steal from our lives. So that's the message we were trying to get across. And um, I'm strategically dressed like this, also to remind you that God wants you to not travel light only when you're on holiday, but also when you're doing life. That's what this shirt is for. It's, it's really to portray this holiday feel because nothing says more holiday than a, than a Hawaiian shirt, am I right? And, um, and I swear it's not because it was the only clean shirt in my cupboard that was left after the holiday. So strategically and intentionally dressed like this this morning. So I'm honored to share this message with you. Now we're at a really interesting part of the year. Why? Because it's the beginning of the year. And even though we're excited about the year that's lying ahead, we can't help but still reflect on the year that's passed, am I right? We, we can't help but reflect on 2022. Maybe that's what you've been doing the last few days. While you were busy taking a break, you were probably thinking, what did I do this year? How, wa how was 2022? Some of you might be thinking, and I'm one of those people, really feel that 2022 was an incredible year. It was an incredible year of change for us as a, as a married couple. Um, we started working here at Doxadeo and we started joining this family and it was great. God blessed us in so many ways. We actually moved three times in the space of two months, no? Four months, I think it was four or five months. We, met, we moved quite a lot, but now we're settled at least. So 2022 was a very busy year, but we celebrate the year that was passed. But some of you might not feel that way. Some of you might feel that 2022, you know, good riddance. Good riddance. I can't wait. I can't wait to, to leave this year behind me. And I can't wait to move forward to the year and the promises that God might have in store for me. But here's the thing. And that's what we're going to focus on this morning. We're going to focus on letting go of our past. But you see, the thing about our past is, it sometimes is a, <laughs> although we can't change it, we can't change our past because obviously we can't go back in time. We're not time travelers, am I right? But God can change our future. And that's the truth we're trying to get across this morning. Although we can't change our past, God can change our future. Now, if I can tell a story about me wanting to change something in the past. Um, my wife and I, when we started dating, we were about three, four months in our dating period. And uh, we were at a festival and uh, 
walking through the stalls and my wife really wanted something. She, she'll know what I'm talking about. She's already laughing. She really wanted something. And in that moment, I felt it wasn't necessary to go and buy it. I just felt that, what, what's the need? I mean, it's not like we were able to buy it, of course, but I, I just felt like, no, it, it's, it's, no, it's no use at all. It's not going to help us at all. So I said, no. You know, being a, being a strong man, I affirmed my authority and said no. What a mistake I made. <laughs> and we carried on. My wife, she wasn't, I'm not going to use the word nag. She was trying to persuade me into turning back and going back to that store where we, where we first saw what she wanted. And she really wanted this. But I said no. And we left the festival. We drove home. And about halfway Home, she was still reminding me, trying to persuade me that she really wanted this. And I said, no. I mean, what sort of a boyfriend was I at that stage? <laughs> my better husband. No, I'm not right. Yeah. I've learned from my mistakes. But being a very patient and calm-minded man of God, I wanted to turn the car around very subtle and say, okay, let's go back and get it. And then she said, no. She said, no, let, leave it. It's okay. And I thought, Honestly, me not knowing that how a marriage works sometimes, <laughs> when we got married, still she referred back to that day when we did not buy what she wanted. <laughs> Three years later, and eventually four years later, this year actually, she got that wish fulfilled. She got what she wanted. Hallelujah. <laughs> but you can probably remember, you can probably remember if you were going through a time like this and uh, someone would just, would just subtly remind you of, you know, you remember what you did back then or what you didn't do back then? That's what the past can sometimes do. You see, the funny thing about the past is it doesn't always stay in our past, am I right? It, it can sometimes show up in the present and sometimes it isn't that funny <laughs> because our past can sometimes come back to bite us sometimes. It can sometimes come back to to ruin our lives sometimes even. This was a very minor case, but um, it's an example of uh, what we did in the past. It, it doesn't mean it stays there. It's, it can sometimes come back, sometimes come back and haunt us like it haunted me. <laughs> but maybe for you, that's, that's a bigger thing. Maybe your past that's haunting you is maybe a, a bigger thing. Maybe you have a problem with your temper. Maybe over this holiday season, you just couldn't, couldn't hold your tongue anymore for your family that was in your house um, eating your food and staying and, and uh, messing up your home, maybe you, just, you were just too, too, yeah, you were just too over the edge. And you said some words that you wish you couldn't and didn't. And uh, you know they'll never forget those words. And that's sad when that happens. Maybe it's the fact that you are in a cycle of r repeating sin and you constantly tell yourself, you know, I won't do this, I won't do this, I won't do this, but then eventually you do do it. And maybe you're at a certain age in your life and you're reflecting on your life and you had certain ambitions when you were younger, when you were a kid, and you, feel, and you 
you had you had these dreams, but now you realize that those dreams didn't come true. So your past comes back to haunt you. These ideas that you had and these things that you did, they didn't stay there, right? They came, they came back sometimes. That's, that's the funny thing about the past. Now, someone who knows what this feels like, someone who knows what it's like to be haunted, let's say, by his past, is Peter. If we look at his story in the Bible, you might, you might be thinking, Peter, I mean, wasn't that the guy who actually got out on the water? You know, kept his eyes on Jesus. He actually walked for a minute. Yes, that's the same Peter. That's the same Peter that wishes sometimes that he can undo his past. And uh, where we read about him is uh, when they were at the Last Supper with Jesus, the disciples. Peter was sitting there and in that evening, Jesus was telling them that he was going to be betrayed. The night before he got crucified, he got, he got, um, he got, um, yeah, the night before he got crucified, the night before he was betrayed, the night before he was betrayed, Jesus said, some of you will desert me. But you know, Peter was very, he was not slow to speak. He immediately said, no, Lord, I will never desert you. He said, no, Lord, I will never, ever in my life will I desert you. Even if I have to stare death in the face, I will never deny you. <laughs> the funny thing is it didn't take Peter staring into the face of death for him to deny Jesus. Just a few hours later, a little girl standing next to Peter was telling him, but I know you. <laughs> Aren't you the guy who, 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 who walks with Jesus? You know, the guy who's being condemned now, put in, who's put on trial? And he says, no, that's not me. Just after that, Another person says, I know you. You are that guy who you walk, you walk with Jesus, the guy who's being crucified tomorrow. I know you. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's Peter. I'm Simon. <laughs> That's probably what his reaction was. And a third time, someone again says, I know you. You, you are the one who walks with Jesus. You're one of his disciples. You're one of his followers. And Peter says, no, I don't even know this man. You're mistaken. You see, before Peter betrayed Jesus and denied him, Jesus looked at him, and we read about this in Luke chapter 22. It's not on the screen. It just quickly says that at the moment, the Lord turned and looked at Peter, and he said to him, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. I want you to imagine something quickly for a moment. Imagine you are Peter. Imagine you are standing before the Son of God. You know who this person is. You know who Jesus is. You know the miracles and the works He did. You saw everything. You journeyed with Him for three whole years. You saw each and every miracle that He did. But you deny Him. You, den you denied not just being associated with him, you denied knowing him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times. People, Peter had to feel guilty, am I right? I mean, can you imagine the guilt of eventually denying Jesus and fleeing? We're gonna come back to that in a moment. You see, our past, although we can't 
go back to it. It can sometimes continue to speak to us and that's what the enemy will try to do. He will try to use your past against you. He constantly reminds you of your past and what you've done. And about your past, your enemy says three things. Your enemy says, because of your past, you are unforgivable. Because of the sin that you've committed, the wage of your sin is too much, you are unforgivable. People won't be able to let this go. He tries to convince you of that. And the, the sad thing is that he actually manages to get it right. And if he can convince you that your, your sin and your, your transgressions were unforgivable, then he convinces you that you are unlovable. He convinces you that, you know, if people actually knew what you did last year, what you did a few months ago, what you did at work, how you talk to your spouse at home, people that are sitting here won't, won't love you. And that's what he tries to convince you of that. Even though this is in the past, even though this is something that happened many years ago, he still goes back to that place where you know it hurt. You know what you did really, really hurt. And if he can convince you you are unlovable, he then can convince you that you are eventually useless. He says then that God's going to give, he's not going to give you the life you are working for or deserve because you just messed up too bad. And that's what the enemy is trying to do. The problem is people, and this is where I really want you to listen. If we can't let go of our past, we must understand this this morning. If I'm holding this with both hands, we can't let go of our past. If we can't do that, then how am I supposed to take a hold of my future? If I'm playing piano, very practical uh, illustration, but if I play piano the whole time, obviously I have to play with both hands, how on earth am I supposed to play guitar at the same time? It's when I realized I needed a band. I needed a worship team with me because I can't do everything. It's not possible for me to do this and this at the same time. I won't be able to do it in any way. But if you can't let go of your past, how are you supposed to get a hold of your future, take a hold of your future, the future God has for you? But the good news is, the good news is that Jesus doesn't leave us holding on to the past. You see, Jesus comes to us when we need Him the most. And He did this exact same thing with Peter. The exact moment when Peter was at his lowest. You know, when Peter denied Jesus, he fled back to Galilee. He fled back to the place where Jesus eventually came to fetch him for his ministry. And Jesus rose from the dead and he went to Peter. They were fishing and Peter saw from a distance, he saw Jesus and he jumped in the water, swam, swam to Jesus and he couldn't believe it. You see, this is what the love of Christ does, people. It doesn't, it doesn't wait for you to be perfect. It comes to fetch you where you are in your life. The stage where you are in your life, that's the place where Jesus wants to come and fetch you. It says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, notice this. <laughs> he used his full name. Now, growing up in your house, you know that if your parents called you by your full name, you were usually in trouble. Am I right? <laughs> People, 
my parents didn't call me Albert at all. They called me Ali Sien, my Sien, very nice names to have in a household. But at the moment I heard Albert, <laughs> I knew it's going to go down. <laughs> I knew something's going to happen. And uh, you see, Jesus came to Peter because Peter deserted the call that was on his life. And Jesus is speaking to him. He says, Simon, son of John. And Peter must be thinking, okay, here it comes. Here it comes. He's probably going to ask me, aren't you ashamed of what you did? Do you feel guilty? Go and fix yourself before you can have a relationship with me. But Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus asks him a very simple question. Do you love me? What? <laughs> I mean, do you love me? <laughs> I mean, he asks him that not once, not twice, but three times he asks, do you love me? If we read the whole passage, let's read it together. In verse 15, Peter says, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Then feed my lambs. Jesus told him, and he asked him again, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know that I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus a third time asks, and uh, I want you to strategically know how Jesus works sometimes and how he will work in your life as well. Peter denied him three times. I think there's a reason why Jesus is asking him three times, do you love me? That's how intentional Jesus actually is. Here's what the Bible says next. It says that Peter was hurt that Jesus would ask him a third time. Peter was like, Lord, why would you ask me this three times? I already told you, I love you. I know I made a mistake, but I love you. You know, people, as I read this, I was just so amazed by how caring and how loving it was of Jesus to offend Peter a little bit in that moment. Sometimes we think love is just airy-fairy, just pat on the back, just a shoulder rub. Love can sometimes hurt. And this is, what hap what, this is what's happening here. Jesus is asking him three times because here's the thing, and here's what I want you to understand. Because Jesus is more concerned about lasting healing in your life than just a quick release of feelings. Because what Jesus could have done, he, he could have said, you know what, it's fine. Let, let's forget about it. Water under the bridge. Don't worry. But God is far concerned with lasting healing in our life than short-term feelings. Jesus understood this. Jesus understood that when you are hurt, when you got badly hurt, when you made a mistake, you need to be healed properly. Those of you who have children know that when they fall, it sometimes is a very painful um, bruise or a scar. I still have one on my leg when I stepped on a piece of iron and it cut me on my leg here. And uh, I remember the detour on my leg that day. <laughs> I remember how it felt. It hurt. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a very soothing feeling. It hurt. But that's how it sometimes works. And that's why it had to hurt when Jesus asked this of Peter. 
But he said, let's clean out your wound so it can heal properly. So how do we let go of our past? <coughs> Excuse me. How do we let go of our past? Because although we can't change our past, we know that God can change our future. The first thing we do is we, open, we close the door. We close the door of our past. Now, how do we close the door of our past? How can we close it? Because the enemy will continue to speak those lies into your life that because of what you did, you are unlovable, you're unforgivable, and you're useless. You need to accept this truth. How you close the door is accepting the truth that God's grace is bigger than any form of sin. God's grace is bigger than any transgression, than any weight, than any heavy-weighted sin that you've committed in your life. That's what you need to realize, people. We need to realize that we need to grant ourselves this forgiveness. The Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins to Him, Him being God, if we confess our sins to Him, He is what? He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. Jesus says, not, you don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to feel guilty. You don't have to beg. What you need to do is you need to confess and God is faithful and just to forgive you. Why? Because His grace is ultimately bigger than our sins. And your relationship with God doesn't depend on your sin. Your standing and right standing with God is determined on the fact that you have a relationship with Him. The fact that you are His son. The fact that you are His daughter. If I broke a glass in, in the house or I caused some damage when I, was, when I was a child, my father didn't say, you know, I don't love you anymore. You're not my son anymore. He didn't disown me. It was a painful moment for me, maybe. <laughs> Quick, painful moment. But He still loved me. Because I know, no matter what I do, and I'm sure that when your children sitting here this morning, no matter what they do, they know that you love them and you will continue to love them. You are, you are not what you have done. You are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. And if you are in Christ Jesus, who you are is forgiven, you are loved and you are a child of God. It says so in John chapter 1, verses 12 to 13. It says, But all who believed in Him, in Christ Jesus, and accepted Him, He gave the right to become a child of God. The actual translation says, sons of God. It's a very righteous term. And some of the ladies might be thinking, why would I want to be a son of God? Men, if you can be a bride of Christ, then uh, ladies, you can be a son of God. It's, a, it's an authority term. It means that you are able to access this love freely. It says, you are sons of God. All who believed in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become sons of God. And when you are someone's child, when you are someone's son, your relationship is not based, not based at all on what you've done, but the fact that you are a child of God. And that's what we need to realize. So, it says further, they are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. You see, you are not what you have done. You are who God says you are. 
and, and when you're born of God, it says in 1 John also that whatever is born of God will overcome this world. You have that authority in your life. We close the door of our past through accepting that God's grace will always be sufficient to save me from my sin. Will always be sufficient to save any situation, to save any circumstance. And the second thing we do when we want to get rid of our past and we want to let go of our past, we not only close the door, because you're closing the door of your past now, and now you are stepping into your future. And that's the th- second thing we need to do. First thing is you close the door. The second thing you do is you step into the future, the future God has for you. Because the one door closed, so another one is going to open. God wants you to look towards your future. God wants you to be saved from your past. He wants you to let go. He wants you to let go of everything that holds you back. You know why? You know why God wants to use you? You with the imperfect life. You with the sinful past. You know why He wants to use you? Because that's God's specialty. If you read the Word of God and you read throughout the history, Jesus did not once use someone who was perfect from the start. He did not once use someone who had it all together. If He had to, He could have chosen guys from the Sanhedrin, from the temple, guys who actually studied the law, who know it. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus chose to use the outcasts because He wants to show you that no matter what your past is, no matter what, He wants to use you. He wants to use imperfect people to impact His world. And this is what He's doing to Peter. He says three times, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Three times. Then Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Take care of my lambs. Jesus was now putting back the call on Peter's life, the call that was initially on his life. And you see, friends, He's called each and every single one of us who have been saved from our past to a great future. He's called every single one of us. And I don't know what your situation or what season you are in your life. You're probably in the same season you were yesterday. (laughs) It's not new year, new me, all those things would have been nice. But you're probably in a season and you're wondering sometimes, why am I going through this? Maybe you're a single parent, wondering why I need to struggle on my own with kids. Maybe you have a certain disease. You don't know why am I going through this. Maybe you constantly battle with injury. Maybe your children are just impossible at home. Maybe you can't get through to them. And you're wondering, why is this happening to me? Friends, God wants to use that situation and season in your life. He wants to use you to impact people's lives who's maybe going through the same thing. Because there's, the thing about your situation is that it's not unique. Somewhere, someone has struggled or is struggling with the same problem that you have. And God wants to use you to get through that, to be able to say, you know what? I can get through this. He wants to put a call on your life. And 
Some of you might be wondering, am I even qualified for this call on my life? Am I even qualified for this call that God has put on my life? Yes, you are. Because it's not something you have to do. The qualification to be used by God is not a perfect past. It's not even a perfect present. It's the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. I want you to listen to that that again. The only qualification to be used by God is not a perfect past, but the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. So what I want you to do is, and I really want you to make a note of this, is to go to to your house when you go home this week and take a note, sticky note, we all have those at home. And on the door you exit when you, on the door you exit when you leave your house. Write God's call on your life. Write what the, the call that God has bestowed upon your life, write that down. And if you don't know what your call is, just write God's call as you are listening to what He wants to do in your life. Because friends, this is how you will then live life. Then you know that I'm not just going to work. I'm not just taking my kids to school. I'm not just going to have coffee with a friend. I'm not just going to to community group on Wednesday. I'm not just going to church. I'm living out the life and the call God has for me. And this will change your thinking process about your calling. Trust me. God wants to use you. He wants to use us imperfect people to impact His world because He has an amazing, amazing plan. But you see, something has to be changed. Something has to change for you to live that call out. You see, because there's a key to the story about Peter. Now, I always thought that when I looked at Peter's story, I always thought, you know, it was, it was his denial, um, his, his fast way that he always spoke first. He was never slow to, to speak. And I always thought, you know what, it was about Peter's failure and about his redemption. And uh, I realized I was looking at this the wrong way. It's almost like when you have a photo of you and a couple of friends on Facebook, Who's the first person you look at on the photo? (laughs) You look at yourself. (laughs) You don't look at someone else. And if the photo looks all right, if you look good in the photo, then the photo is good. If you don't, then you remove (laughs) yourself from the photo. You untag yourself because you don't want people to see you like that. But it's kind of like that. I didn't get a good look at the picture that I... I thought that Jesus wants us to understand through the story. He wants us to understand that this story about Peter is not about his past. It's not about his transgressions. It's not about how he denied Jesus. It's not about how he did something wrong. This story and the story he wants to write in your life is the story about the cross of Jesus and how he paid for every single sin every single weight, every single transgression, every single mistake you've ever made, He paid for that. That's the story God wants to write in your life. But when I get it right, I want you to read this with me. It's a quote of Craig Rochelle. It's also on the, also on the board. He says, you see, when I get it right, and I don't get it right every single day, but when I get it right and I look to my past, 
Do you know what I see? I don't see my own failure. I see God's faithfulness in my life. And when I get it right and I look to the past, do you know what I see? I don't see how bad I was. I see how good God is in my life. And when I look to the past, I don't see defeat in my life. I see God's victory in my life. That's the story Jesus wants you to have. He doesn't want you to look at your past and just see defeat. He doesn't want you to look at your past and just see disqualification. He wants you to see the goodness, the faithfulness that He he was there. Because He was there the whole time. There's not a single moment in your life that Jesus was not present. He was there. For you, I don't know what your past is. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. But I know, and I can guarantee you, God wants you to have a future. God wants you to have a future. He wants to write the greatest story that's ever been told about your life. Because if you write that story on your own, it's not gonna be that great of a story. (laughs) I don't know about you, I'm not a writer. (laughs) I'm not a writer who can script my story into being the best. I can dream. But God says, for has His ways are above our ways. His thoughts are also higher than our thoughts. He dreams about your life far more than you can ever dream. He wants to write the story of Jesus Christ in your life. The fact that Jesus paid for every single transgression and that Jesus has done everything for you to live a full life. The question for you is, And that's maybe something you need to ask yourself this morning. The question is, what is 2023 going to be about? Is it going to be a story about me? Is it going to be a story about me still dealing with the the scars and the the consequences of what I've done in the past, of what happened to me? You see, friends, you might not be directly responsible for what happened to you but it is your responsibility to go to God for healing. That's the thing. That, that's, what we need, that's, what, that's why we do life together. We need to push each other towards God for healing because we all have a past. We all have things that we need to deal with. So what's 2023 gonna be about? Is it gonna be about you, your past, your failures, or is it going to be about the life that Jesus called you towards? I really want you to be convinced this morning and say, God, my life story, may it be ultimately about you. I want you to be the center of my life. Paul, he writes this amazing part in Philippians chapter three, verse 12 to 15. And he says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. Paul's not boasting in his own perfections here. He says, I don't have a perfect past, but I press on to process the perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've not achieved it. (laughs) He's honest. He says, I have not achieved it yet. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting what's in the past, forgetting what's past, closing the door of lies that the enemy has, And what? He's focusing ahead. He presses on to reach the end of the race. 
and to receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling him. I say it one more time, you are not what you have done. Your past does not define you. Your mistakes do not define you. Someone's words do not define you. God only can define you. And this morning, I really want to pray for you. I really want to pray for you this morning. Because even though I know a lot of people in here are saved and uh, have a relationship with Jesus, I also know that it's sometimes hard to just focus on that when your past is so ever-present in your life. I want us to close our eyes. I want us to close our eyes. And as we continue, we're going to go into a time of prayer. And I just want you to be, be aware of God wanting to do something in this moment because He wants to do something. Some of you might be thinking, you know what, Albert, you said that um, if you are in Christ, you are forgiven, you're loved, you're set free. And, but honestly, I struggle with this guilt I have in my, in my heart. I struggle with, with what I need to do in my life because I can't get past the shame and regret of my, of my past. I cannot get past it. I, I don't know even if I can receive God's mercy. I don't know if I can access His grace. I don't know if I'm worthy of that. But you see, we don't deserve God's grace. We don't deserve God's mercy. But here's the thing. It didn't end there. God in His goodness sent His Son for you to be set free, for you to be called the righteousness of God, even though you might have a past that you're not proud of. And I want you to know, friends, that you are able to receive His grace and forgiveness. As every eye is closed, there's someone here this morning you feel that you are ready to receive the call God has made on your life you, you're making a decision to say I, I, I want to turn from my sin I want to turn from away from my past I want to turn away from every single bad thing and I want to fix my eyes on the one who takes everything away the one who conquers everything the one who is able to heal everything. If you want to give your heart and surrender your heart to Jesus this morning, would you just raise your hand for a moment? If that's you, thank you. Thank you. God is calling you. you this morning I just want you to pray this with me I think every one of us can can just um, pray this with just to remind ourselves that we are in Christ 
we are set free. And let's just remind ourselves of this truth. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I'm ready to receive your grace, to receive your mercy and your forgiveness because I know that I'm set free now. Lord, you have my heart. Turn my life into an everlasting testimony of your faith and goodness. one last song together thank you for tuning in if you would like to know more about us you can visit our website or follow us on social media at Doxadeo Bloemfontein North you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel see you next time